Praise the Lord. So glad you have joined us online, here in person. I know we switched things up a bit this week, having church on Tuesday instead of Wednesday, so don't come tomorrow, unless you want to just hang around, pray, clean, whatever you want to do, but there won't be church service. It did throw me off today. I kept thinking it was Wednesday. (laughs) But I am so glad you are here. We have a special speaker tonight, uh, Brother Booker, our district superintendent, so we look forward to hearing from him. But before that, we have come to also worship, right? Because God is worthy of worship.
about that name. Kings and kingdoms will pass away, but he will remain. He stands fast. His word stands fast. Hallelujah. It is our foundation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
Praise God. Let's do that, can we? He's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of all our praise. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are the one that suffered on a cross in my place and died for me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your so great salvation. Thank you, Jesus, that you save me every single day. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. What an awesome God we serve tonight. He's an awesome God. He is our King. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. Thank God for a God like Jesus Christ, who has all power and all authority, but also loves us more than we'll ever know. And wants the very best for us every single day. Praise God. Amen. You can be seated for just a moment. Yes, please do not forget, uh, Wednesday is not this week. There will be no service this Wednesday. Amen. We're having service tonight. Praise God. (laughs) It's all right? Is this good? All right. Fantastic. Amen. I am so looking forward to hearing what our bishop has for us today. Brother Booker, our district superintendent, is our preacher tonight. Uh, Maybe you've heard that a time or two, Uh, but he's here. Amen. And I am so looking forward to what God has in store for us today. I think it was during family camp, uh, Brother Booker was introducing the speaker, and he said, uh, the greater the man, the shorter an introduction that's needed. And so, without further ado, (laughs) well, Brother Booker's coming. Our district superintendent, well, he's coming to the podium. Let's all stand. Let's lift our hearts, our hands, our voices to the Lord one more time. Amen. Praise God. 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 Well, praise God. You folks would come out on a, uh, a different night. I'm just humbled by this. This is such an honor to be here tonight. Such an honor. And I, I mean that sincerely. I wish my wife could be here. She was not feeling well. She had all intentions of coming. And then it just was not. Um, she was under the weather. And so I trust you understand that. But she sends greetings to each and every one of you. I honor Sister Bell tonight. Uh, God bless Sister Bell. We love Brother and Sister Bell so very much. Uh, pastored here for many, many years. And uh, we just honor Sister Bell. God bless her. Pray for her so often. And we thank God for her faithfulness. I appreciate that. Amen. Thank you for living for the Lord. I used to take that for granted. And I thank you and I honor you tonight. And we honor Brother and Sister DeMuth, uh, licensed ministers here in the the great state of Wisconsin, and we're thankful the DeMoose are here. And of course, um, uh, my dear, dear friend, uh, Brother Rufus Parker, is on the district board, and his amazing wife, Sister Parker, we honor them and love them so much. They are heroes to me. Amen. I, I uh, joked around quite a bit with Brother Parker, and then I realized I better stop. I mean, I still joke, but... You know, I honor him and his service to not just only our country, but to the kingdom of God as a the sacrifice Brother Sister Parker made. And so I honor them tonight and 
Brother and Sister Becker, this is their not quite two years of pastoring this church. And so what a just a privilege to be here. And Ryan, we enjoyed got to have dinner with the family and that was so much fun. And I thought about you know, Becker Booker, you know, bald, bald. You know, and I thought that, and I thought, and I, but I looked at you and I thought, you know, we could be a before and after picture for Weight Watchers. But I still love you, all right? No, no I honor. I honor, praise the Lord, uh, your pastor and his wife, and God bless them. And I appreciate what they're doing and their passion, burden, amen. feel that they're in the center of the will of the Lord, and I like to hear that. Praise God. Praise God. You just remain standing for a little bit, and I, I appreciate you being here. I am so honored by the opportunity to be here. And I honor all you faithful folks. I preached here, I don't remember when a rally like many years ago before either one of us were on the district board. And so that's the only, this is the second time I've been privileged to preach here. Um, so I honor those of you that were uh, here back then and those that of you that are new, thank you for coming and being a part of the church of the living God. So praise God. God's so good. Isn't the church wonderful? It's a wonderful thing. Amen. Joshua 6 verse 1. And I'm reading down to verse 5. Sister Barb, great job. Amen. Sister Becker, great job. But I don't like people that can sing or play because I got kicked out of choir. No, I'm just kidding. Beautiful job. Feel God's presence here tonight. That's what this is all about. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. Ye shall come past this city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. The seventh day ye shall come past the city seven times. And the priest shall blow with the trumpets, and it shall come to pass when they make a long blast of the ram's horn. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. I, I sincerely prayed and asked God to give us what he wanted to say here tonight. And I feel that I have, I believe I've heard from the Lord. And if I have not, it's my fault here. But I would like to preach for a little bit tonight on this thought, walls and words. Walls and words. Father, I thank you for the people that have assembled here tonight. I thank you, Lord, for the faithfulness that is represented in this building. You keep good books, Father. And Lord, I'm so thankful for every child of God that's here. Lord, for their labor, for their uh, faithfulness to You. I pray, Lord Jesus, and we believe, dear God, that this church is here not by accident on the cross, 
But Lord, You have placed us strategically that we are alive, dear God, tonight. Not by accident, but by purpose. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, help me to minister Your Word. I pray, God, help me to preach Your Word. Let each individual here tonight (laughs) receive Your Word. Help me, Father. I pray for Your anointing tonight. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. This is a familiar story to most all of us, but bear with me tonight. Jericho was first occupied city that Israel encountered in their campaign to take the possession of the promised land of Canaan. It was the most important city in the Jordan Valley, and it was by far the strongest fortress in all the land of Canaan. As far as cities go, it wasn't particularly a big city. Archaeologists have unearthed the city boundaries of the city of Jericho. And we are reliably told that the city of Jericho contained somewhere around 20,000 people. Although it wasn't a large or hugely populated city, it was nevertheless a well-fortified city with a strong military presence. In keeping with the custom of cities, which were located close to borders of other lands, Jericho was built to withstand invasion by enemy forces. It was surrounded on all sides by two walls of defense. The first was about 12 feet high. The second built about 15 feet back from the first running parallel with it on the whole way around the city was over 30 feet high. The two walls were joined together by polished stone running at a 45 degree angle from the lowest to the highest. Uh, This, of course, was not only made it extremely difficult for enemy soldiers uh, to get from the outer lower wall to the inner wall, it also made anyone who tried to do so an easy target for the archers uh, within the city. Uh, It it was extremely difficult for enemy forces uh, to penetrate the city. In fact, my understanding is the city of Jericho had never ever been defeated. So, humanly speaking, once enclosed a man against hostile forces, Jericho was invincible. It was a formidable stronghold. Yet, the Lord said to Israel that if you are going to experience the blessings of your inheritance, the city of Jericho has to be conquered. You could not bypass the city of Jericho. You could not go on to another city that was not as strongly fortified. But you have to come and you have to defeat the city of Jericho. I will state the obvious. When they came to the city, they found it not with its gates open welcoming them in, but with its gates firmly shut with the intention of keeping them out. The inhabitants of Jericho had no intention whatsoever of making things easy for the Israelites. They had no intention whatsoever of surrendering their city to these people. The battle for Jericho had to be fought. The enemy had to be attacked, 
and destroyed, and the enemy had to be taken if the blessings were to be enjoyed. The Lord told Joshua that in order for the city of Jericho to be taken, the walls had to come down. Just as Israel had to face up to the reality of this stronghold's existence and the need for it to be conquered if the blessings which God had intended for them to enjoy were actually going to be personally experienced, so too you and I have walls that must come down. There are things that are standing in the way of us going forward into the full enjoyment of the blessing of our spiritual inheritance in Jesus Christ. I believe every promise in the book is mine. I believe every promise in the book is yours. I do not in any way believe that there are certain things that were just for certain people. But I believe the miraculous is for us today. I believe, praise Lord, signs following are for us today. I believe, praise the Lord, God still delivers. God still saves. God still fills people with the Holy Ghost. God still saves to the I believe that, praise the Lord. I believe that God opens up the windows of heaven and pours out blessings. I believe the promises of God are for you and for me. Can I get an amen? Blessings which are ours. Blessings which God has given us. Blessings which are for the taking. Blessings, but blessings which will only be enjoyed when we knock down the walls. A wall is anything that hinders us from experiencing more of God. I'm going to say that again. I'm not here to define your wall. You're not here to define my wall. I am just saying that a wall is anything that is hindering us from experiencing more of God. I will just tell you, and you know this, but if somehow we're just content to just stay right here and say, you know, I've been living for God and I thank you for your faithfulness. But if somehow you're going to say, well, I've been living for God for 30 years and God's been good to me and I'm just going to sit right here, I'm going to tell you there is something about this Christian walk. It cannot somehow just be stationary. You cannot just somehow stop. But you've got to go forward. Praise the Lord. There's more that God has for us. I don't care how long you've been in the church. You've not sung all the songs. You've not experienced all the blessings. You've not heard it all. Praise the Lord. God's got more for every one of us. But what will keep us from experiencing what God has for us are walls. Now, some things that hinder us from experiencing more of God are spiritual strongholds. Devil, uh, hell tries to stop us. While others are hindrances from other people in our lives. There are people that are against us. But many of the things that hinder us from going forward and experiencing more of the Lord and the blessings He wants us to have are because of walls that we have built. You know what? I believe the devil, demons, they have certain power. But i got to tell you something. Resist the devil and he will flee. 
Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. There's power in the name of Jesus. The power of the blood. Praise the Lord. So I'm really not afraid of the devil. I believe in spiritual strongholds, but I believe we can tear those strongholds down. Not saying that there aren't walls. I'm not saying there aren't certain areas and regions where there are spiritual strongholds, but we've got the victory. I'm not saying that there haven't been people that have not been mean to me and tried to do things to me and tried to purposely hurt me. I certainly wouldn't get up here and try to say that there aren't people that have tried to hurt you and do some terrible things to you, but what they meant for evil, God meant for good. Praise the Lord. But many of the things that hinder us from going forward and experiencing more of the Lord and blessings He wants us to have are because of walls that we have built, attitudes, misplaced priorities, sin in our life. And God, we can't bypass those things. God wants us to experience more than we can ever imagine. But something's got to come within us. Amen. That we realize I am going to experience more of God than I've ever experienced before. I believe that there were three elements that caused the walls of the city of Jericho to fall down. Three elements. And those things I want to share with you here tonight. Verse 2 again. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof, the mighty men of valor. And ye shall come past the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day ye shall come past the city seven times. And the priests shall blow with the trumpets. Praise God. The way Israel was to take, amen, the city of Jericho was by marching around the walls of the city for seven days. The first six days they were to march around the city once. Then on the seventh day they were to march around the walls of the city seven times. The procession was to include the military, seven priests blowing seven trumpets, the Ark of the Covenant, and then the rest of the people. By all indications, the Ark of the Covenant was in the center of the procession. Right in the center of the conquest of the city of Jericho. Right in the center of walls being torn down and falling down was the Spirit of God. The Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God. It was the Ark of the Covenant where the Lord met with Israel in the Holy of Holies. It was the Ark of the Covenant that when the priests who were carrying it, when their feet touched the Jordan River, the waters rolled back. The very presence of the Lord was in the midst of Israel, helping them knock down the walls that were hindering them from the blessings of the promises of the Lord. You've got to understand something. The Lord is involved in your life, in my life, in us growing. He wants us to experience more. He is not somehow, amen, far removed or distant from any one of us. Amen. You've got to understand, Jesus Christ wants you to experience more blessings. He wants you to experience more power. He wants you to experience more than you ever have. Jesus Christ was not 
Jesus somehow talking when he said, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. That means I don't care how wicked this world gets. Hey, man, the Lord's not going to forsake you. The Lord is with you. Praise the Lord. He is with you always. He was a joker when he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. you got to believe that. There isn't a day that you get up that the Lord is not with you. There's not a day that you get up that He's not aware of where you're at and what you're going to go through. You've got to understand Jesus Christ is concerned about your life. He wants you, praise the Lord, to go from where you are, amen, to greater places than you've ever been. Amen. You've got to believe, praise the Lord. Amen. When the Bible says, draw nigh to God and He'll draw nigh to you, the Lord's got a whole lot further to go than you and I have. But if there's something within us every day, we get up and say, Lord, I want more of you. Do you understand what that means? When you draw nigh to God, He's going to draw nigh to you. You're never alone. You're never alone. You're never alone. He is with you. Praise the Lord. Please don't ever forget what Jesus Christ said in John 10.10. The thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come. I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The Lord doesn't want you to just survive. He just doesn't want you just to eke out a little existence. I want you to know... <laughs> There's some folks... My, uh, my ne- our nephew... Uh, was at a wedding uh, uh, years and years ago. He's a small little kid, and he was with his mom and dad, uh, Sister Booker's sister, and and Josh was sitting on her lap, uh, 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 on his mom's lap, and, and uh, the wedding ceremony was going on, uh, and right in the middle of the wedding ceremony, he said, Boring! He wasn't sure if anybody heard so he said again, boring. I thought about that. I think some folks want to say that in church. Some folks want to say, amen, that their walk with God is boring. I'll tell you what, you couldn't have missed that more than anything else. I'll tell you what, He's come that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. The greatest life that you could ever live is to live for Jesus Christ. And you might say, well, hey, I don't feel that. I'm going to tell you something. It's because there's some walls. Hey, man, there's some things that you and I have got to face. And we got to realize this is a more abundant life. The greatest life to live is to live for Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Hey, man, sin is abounding. Evil men are waxing worse and worse. But I'll tell you what, living for the Lord, it's life and that more abundantly. It's the greatest thing that you could ever do is to live for Jesus Christ. So the walls that we find in our way, whether erected by the devil or others or ourselves, the Lord is present to knock them down. You must never forget just like it was the Lord's idea for Israel to defeat Jericho. It's His idea for you to inherit a more abundant life. It's His idea for you to experience more of Him. It's His idea for this to become more than you could ever imagine. There are three elements. The second element 
involved in the conquest of Jericho was the ministry. Not only were there to be four priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders, but also there were to be seven priests blowing seven trumpets. The trumpets the priests were to blow were ram's horns. Now, what's the significance of that? The trumpets were not the silver trumpets used for singing the marshalling of the host or for other warlike purposes. You, you study your Bible. You find out that there were times when trumpets were used to gather together the army for fighting. They were coming against the city of Jericho. You could say this was a battle. You could say that this was a war. You could say what you want, and I'm not going to argue with that. All I'm going to tell you is that they were not the silver trumpets that were used typically for marshalling the army for war, but they were curved horns that were used in ushering the year of Jubilee. The year of Jubilee was to be celebrated every 50 years. The 50th year was to be a time in which liberty should be proclaimed to all the inhabitants of the country. In the year of Jubilee, there was to be a restitution of property. In the year of Jubilee, all Hebrew slaves were to be set free. It was to be a time of liberty, of restitution, and restoration. Simply, it was a time of celebration. I find it fascinating that the seven priests were to blow the Jubilee trumpets for six days. The priests would blow on the ram's horn trumpets as they walked around the walls of the city of Jericho. Then on that seventh day, they blew and they marched around seven times and they blew on the ram's horn trumpet with one loud blast. They didn't use the silver trumpets, a call to battle, but the ram's horn trumpets, a call to celebration. Every day, in the conquest of the city of Jericho, those trumpets were blowing and they were pronouncing liberty. Every day those trumpets were blowing, they were pronouncing restitution. Every day that they were blowing those trumpets, they were proclaiming restoration. Do you understand? They're walking around the walls of the city of Jericho. I personally believe, amen, that those people on the wall, uh, those uh, men of military might of the city of Jericho, they at first had heard the power of the army of Israel. They had not been defeated. They crossed the Jordan River. They were a, a mighty army, and so they were fearful. But as every day progressed, they perhaps got a little bit more bold, and they perhaps began to make fun of the army of Israel. But all they did was march around and those trumpets blew. Now Israel knew that it was the trumpet, the jubilee trumpet. It was a time of celebration, of liberty, of restitution, of restoration. And as they marched around, they could not help but look. And there was not one crack in the wall. Hey man, it seemed like this was an exercise in futility. Let me tell you something. Hey man, the Lord has placed the 
ministry in your life and in my life to blow the Jubilee trumpet. Praise the Lord. Pastor Becker is to declare to you that the hindrances that you have in your life can come down and you can experience all that the Lord has for you. It is Pastor Becker's job to declare to you that the walls that you are up against can't stop you from the blessings of Almighty God. You can experience more. Amen. No matter where you are, no matter what your history is, no matter what your present condition is, Pastor Becker is to declare it loud and clear. The devil is defeated. They may mean it for evil, but God means it for good. You can be delivered. You can be victorious. Praise the Lord. Every service, amen, it's a jubilee trumpet are declaring. It may seem like there's not even a crack in the wall. It may seem like you're coming with the same old, same old, same old problem. But I'm here to tell you it's time for victory. Amen. God has promised us and there is a time, praise the Lord. Amen. There, praise God. Jesus Christ is here to give liberty. He's here to give restoration. He's here to give restoration. Your pastor and any preacher worth his salt that gets behind this sacred desk is declaring that the walls can be knocked down. You can experience more of God and you can and will be victorious. Praise God. I believe this is a day of victory. I believe this is a day of a great harvest. I believe that this is a day, praise the Lord, of revival. And there may be 20 of us here today. But I believe, praise the Lord, amen, that God's got a great revival for this church. That God's got a great harvest of souls planned. I believe there is anybody in lacrosse in this area that God cannot save, that God cannot deliver. Amen. I don't believe there's a backslider that cannot be restored. Praise the Lord. And there's a jubilee trumpet. Be sounded from this desk, this pulpit, every time we gather together. You know, it's a great thing to be faithful. But it's a bad thing if you know it all. It's a bad thing you say, we've heard this before. There are walls. This was God's idea for you to grow. This is God's idea for you to experience victory. This is God's idea. Praise the Lord. You hear this preacher. Amen. I'm telling you what. Amen. The power of God is as powerful today as it was. Praise the Lord. When the Lord filled you with the Holy Ghost. In fact, I'm going to say something you may disagree with, but I believe God's power is greater. The closer we get to the coming of the Lord, we're living in the last of the last days. I believe greater things than these shall you do. I believe this 
is, I believe the best is yet to come. Praise the Lord. I believe that. Oh, let that come from this pulpit. Amen. Let victory, liberty, restitution, restoration, hallelujah, salvation, praise the Lord. Miraculous things, let it come from this pulpit. Let there be a jubilee trumpet. Oh, would you lift your hands to the Lord? Ha! Praise God. Praise God. God, the ministry, and the third thing that was involved in bringing down the walls of Jericho were the Israelites themselves. I know you know the story. The army and the regular people were crucial in the defeat of Jericho. They were to march around the walls of the city of Jericho once each day for six days. And on the seventh day, they were to march around seven times. <laughs> After marching around the city seven times, the priest would blow with a loud blast on the trumpets and the people were then to shout. Verse 20 of Joshua 6, the people shouted, when the priest blew with the trumpets, and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout, that the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. Just as important as it was for the Lord's Spirit to be in the midst of, and as important as it was for the priest to be blowing the trumpets, it was just as important for the people to shout. It was after they, they shouted that the walls came falling down. The formula of God, the ministry, and the shout of the people brought victory. It's, is the principle any different today? God, the ministry, and words. Everybody say words. The Lord connected something here in Joshua 6, and that is walls and words. It was the words that were spoken and not spoken that caused the walls of the city of Jericho to be knocked down. A principle is being taught here in Joshua the sixth chapter, and that is that through words, access to places that seem impossible to enter become accessible through words. Jericho had never been defeated. No foreigner had ever unwelcomedly come in and taken the city of Jericho. But it was through words that they entered in. God, the ministry, yes. But it was really the final thing, the key was the words that made the inaccessible accessible. Jesus connected walls and words when He was hungry and He came to the fig tree with no figs. And Jesus cursed the fig tree, Mark 11.20. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter calling to remember it, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily, look at verse 23, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say 
unto this mountain. Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. Now, now I know your pastor, pastor's wife, or geniuses because they went to ABI, so you correct me if I'm wrong. But I don't read where Jesus Christ ever spoke to a mountain and had it thrown into the Sea of Galilee. I'm not saying He couldn't have done it, but I don't ever read where He did. But what I believe that Jesus was referring to, and I stand corrected if your pastor preaches something different, he's right, I'm wrong. But what I believe that Jesus was referring to here is walls, problems, hindrances, difficulties that keep us from experiencing a deeper relationship with the Lord. We are to be able to speak in faith and see them removed. Speak to the mountain. You're not... You are not stopping me from experiencing what the Lord has promised me. Amen. This is this problem's not going to stop me. Amen. This situation's not going to stop me. Amen. No, 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 no. Words we speak in prayer are words that will knock down walls. There is something so powerful, folks, of the power of our words. Paul told the Corinthians the importance of our words when he quoted from the Old Testament and 2 Corinthians 4.13. Amen. We having the same spirit of faith according as is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. There was something in this sixth chapter of Joshua that just resonates in my heart and mind. I thank God that God is involved in our lives. I thank God for a preacher in my life. But you know what? It can't just be God and the preacher. Hey man, there's got to be something that I've got to be a part of. And there is something that caused the inaccessible to become accessible. And that was the words that were spoken and not spoken by those children of Israel that caused the walls to come down that enabled them to inherit the promises of God. Is it any different today? I believe Therefore have I spoken. The psalmist shows us the power in words. If I understand correctly, the sons of Korah, there was a time when the, the, the children of Israel were being, uh, Jerusalem was being uh, surrounded, I believe by the Assyrians. I could be wrong, but, but I believe it's the Assyrians. And, and the sons of Korah, while Jerusalem, the whole armies of Judah had come within the walls of the city of Jerusalem and were thinking, is there any way we're going to make it? And the men on the wall and the discouragement that was going on and coming from the temple, the men on the wall heard these words from the sons of Korah. Psalms 47.1, Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph, for the Lord Most High is terrible. He is a great king over all the earth. 
He shall subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet. He shall choose our inheritance for us. The excellency of Jacob, whom he loves, Selah. God has gone up with a shout. The Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises unto our King. Sing praises. It, it is vitally important that you realize. Look at verses 3 and 4. Notice that four-letter word, shall. Everybody say, shall. He shall subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet. He shall choose our inheritance for us, the excellency of Jacob, uh, whom he loves, Selah. Victory and inheritance had not yet come. They were surrounded. Amen. But the psalmist, amen, declared that it would happen. The sons of Korah began to declare and say, He shall subdue them. Uh, Subdue the people under us, the nations under our feet. He shall choose our inheritance for us. Amen. It's going to happen. We will have victory. We will triumph. So talk like it, praise the Lord. We all realize that there will be days of sorrow and weeping and problems and difficulties. I am not immune to the expense of gasoline. I am not immune to inflation. Amen. Things that are going on. Amen. Our world are so troubling. I am not trying to just be Pollyanna and say, isn't everything great? No, everything is not great. But I want you to know something. We're on the winning side. The foundation of our words should be that of triumph. Oh, clap your hands. Psalms 47.1. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. If all you're talking about is how expensive everything is, come on. Amen. We need to talk and shout. Our words need to be the words of triumph. Do you understand? We're in a world that's hopeless. We're in a world that there's despair and there's fear. But do we have it or don't we have it? Do we understand? Amen. I'm on the winning side. Amen. God has brought me from a mighty long way. I'm more than a conqueror through Him that loved me. Our words, our words need to give us away. You can look like a Christian. You can act like a Christian. But your speech will give you away. Well, clap your hands, all ye people. Shut unto God with a voice of triumph. Um, a triumph involves more than a victory. You understand what a triumph is? And I'm sure you do. But just for sake of our time together here. Uh, a, a, a triumph was something that the, the Romans w- would uh, would declare. They would declare a triumph. And it was a day that was a holiday. It was a day when there was no school, no work, uh, shopkeepers, everybody. And, and they came out and there was this great parade that took place. And, and what would happen is they, they would have, uh, the, the, it was because there was an enemy that had been conquered, a nation had been conquered. And so the parade would be the, the Roman soldiers would march through the streets uh, of the city of Rome. And there would they bring... Uh, 
with them. Uh, they, they, they would have uh, the, the, the people that had been conquered and the armies, the soldiers of the defeated enemy in chains. Uh, and they would even have animals uh, that were indigenous to, to, to the land that had been conquered. Uh, and, and at the end would be the, the, the conquered uh, uh, general or, or king of that land. And, and the people would shout and they would scream. But in the chariot, amen, leading the way would be the conquering general or the Caesar that was leading the way. And the people would shout and they would enjoy the triumph. Now, you've got to understand the significance of this. The people on the street didn't unsheath a sword. They didn't throw a spear. They didn't shoot an arrow. They did not do one thing involved in the battle. All they were invited to do was celebrate in the triumph. Amen. I want you to understand a triumph is much more than a victory. A victory makes it possible. A triumph possible. But a triumph is a celebration of the victory that has already been won. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, no matter what you are facing, you are victorious. Every time there's a reason why Scripture in the New Testament over and over again causes us to say about the triumph who always causes us to triumph. What does that mean? I didn't have to go to the cross. You didn't have to go to the cross. I had a debt of sin. You had a debt of sin. Amen. There was no way I could save myself, let alone my family members of the world. But Jesus Christ, God Almighty, robed Himself in flesh, came to this earth as a man. Amen. He hung on a cross. He shed His blood. He died. He was buried. And He rose again victorious. Praise the Lord. And you know what we are to do? We are to celebrate the triumph. Every time we come to church, we are to celebrate the triumph. But every day we live, every day we're breathing. Oh, clap your hands, all oh, ye people. Shout out to God with a voice of triumph. I am triumphant because of what Jesus Christ did for me at Calvary. You are triumphant because of what Jesus Christ did. If you are a follower of Christ, no matter what you are facing, you are victorious. Amen. No matter how difficult the problem may be you are facing tonight, you are victorious if you are a follower of Jesus Christ. So talk like it. There's some people that if it's sunny, you go up to them and they say, yeah, it's sunny, but it's going to rain. If it's raining well, you know, we're all going to die. There's some folks that, you know, how's it going? Well, it's, it's going good, but I expect it to get bad. Like it's a sin to say that something's going good. Now, I realize, do you hear me? I realize that there are bad days. I realize that there are problems. I realize that there are difficulties. Like nobody else in the world has problems, difficulties. Uh, the only ones that are paying, you know, $4 a gallon gasoline are us poor folks. Everybody else in the world, it's free for them. No! But we are triumphant! My God, the Lord is trying to draw us. 
20 messages that we heard the preachers preaching. You can make it. God's going to work this out for good. We sit there. Well, I don't know. Oh, we get excited in church. The message I heard a while ago, a long, long time ago, a preacher said the reason why we don't see more miracles and more power in the church is because of the words that we speak. He quoted James 3, 10 to 11. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? How can bitter talk and sweet talk come from the same life? We don't have power because sweet water is not coming from our lips. God help us. I'm trying to help somebody here tonight. Jesus sent... Seventy men out two by two to preach the gospel of the kingdom. They were given instructions on what to bring, how to act, and what to say. Heal the sick. Say the kingdom of God is is come nigh unto you. But none more important than Luke 10.5. I mean this. None more important. And into whatsoever house ye enter, first say, peace. First say, peace be to this house. <laughs> Every home they entered, they were first to say, Peace be to this house. Jesus underscored and emphasized the power of the tongue by giving his disciples these instructions. When you walk into a house, say, Peace be to this house. It's a Jewish maxim to always try to be the first to greet everyone you meet. When you greet someone heartily with a warm smile and a friendly salutation, all is well in that person's world, if only for a fleeting moment. The individual feels a sense of validation that his existence in the world has been acknowledged and recorded that he is known. One should never underestimate the power of hello. When you say hi to somebody, you're saying you exist. Some folks won't even look people in the eye. Some folks are so caught up on being on their phone and texting and I don't know what all. Amen. You, you go to restaurants and you see people sitting, four people at a restaurant, and everybody's looking at their phone. And, and I'm, I'm preaching against phones. All right, I'm preaching against... Phones, computers, cars, air, all right? No, I'm not. But, but there's something missing. Jesus was teaching that by speaking peace to this house, the inhabitants of that home would be more open and receptive to the gospel message. Never, ever underestimate the power of speaking peace be to this house. I'm trying to say here that there are things that can happen in lives. You say, I don't, I don't, I can't 
testify. I can't witness. I can't teach a Bible study. I'm not here to argue with that. I may differ with you because I think you can. But there, if you feel you can't do that, there is one thing you can do. You could say hi to somebody. There is one thing that you could do when you walk into somebody's home. You could say, God bless this home. You could say, peace be to this house. There are things that you can do. Amen. And I'm here to tell you that there is power in your words. That there are things and walls. Amen. God is on your side. The preacher's on your side. Amen. You need to be on your side. You need to understand God wants to use you more than you've ever been used before. Oh God, help us with our words. Solomon said this in Proverbs 15.4. He said, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. What happens? What would happen if we were to speak words of blessing? Peace be to this house. Be healed. Be filled. Be blessed. (laughs) I'll tell you what. Life. Life. Amen. You you might be upset at somebody. You might be angry at somebody. Somebody might have done you wrong. And you're 100% in the right and they're 100% in the wrong. And it's been a terrible thing. You know, what would happen if you just, amen, saw them and at least said hi and said God bless? Just maybe, just maybe life would begin to resound in that person's life. Bitterness is a terrible thing. I'm just here to tell you, amen, that there are Walls in our life uh, that just maybe if we would recognize something here, uh, that we've got a power. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. In the Solomon Islands, in the South Pacific, now this was told me as true. I'm not here to validate this. But in the Solomon Islands, in the South Pacific, some villagers practice a unique form of logging. If a tree is too large to be felled with an axe, the natives cut it down by yelling at it. They come at dawn and they scream at it for 30 days straight. The tree dies and falls over. The theory is that the hollering kills the spirit of the tree. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if it is. I, I, my doubt meter is going off. But I know this. If for 30 days, if I yell at my friend and yell at him for 30 days and tell him how bad he is, I'm going to tell you right now, there's going to be something that's going to die in him. If you yell at your wife, you yell at your husband, you yell at your kids, if you yell at your parents, if you yell at your uh, boss, if you yell at your fellow co-workers, amen, I'm going to tell you something, something will die. So this tells me, amen, and i got enough Scripture to prove this, if the reverse goes, if we will bless people, praise the Lord, it will cause life, amen. It will bring hindrances down. Amen, amen, amen. This is this, what I know. I know, amen, that Israel shouted on the seventh day. And the Bible tells us uh, that their shout brought down the walls. Uh, but it also tells us for six days, as they walked around the walls, they were silent. We all talk about the shout. And we all talk about let's shout for joy. Let's shout unto the Lord. Let's shout and praise the Lord. Let's shout and worship the Lord. And there is a place for that, absolutely. But you read it. For six days, they marched around the walls. 
they marched around the walls of the city of Jericho and they did not say one word. That tells me that if your shout is going to be powerful enough to knock down walls on Sunday, you better learn how to keep your words under control Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Your prayers are affected by the words that you speak throughout the week. The words we speak out of church are more important than the words we speak in church. I'm going to say that again. The words that we speak outside of this building are more important than the words that we speak in this building. The words that we say about Jesus Christ, the words that we say about our pastor, the words that we say about our church, whether we realize it or not, have an impact on what God wants to do and places He wants to take us. David's prayer is a prayer that we should all pray. Uh, Psalms 19, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. O God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. I want sweet water to come forth from my lips because I want anything that is hindering me from experiencing God's heritage to be knocked down. I want to experience the power of God. I'm just about done, but could you lift your hands to the Lord? Oh, Jesus. God, let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, be acceptable in my sight. Oh, Lord, my God, my Redeemer. Praise God. Praise God. Ha! He told Obokoshata. My cousin shared this with me about a lady in her church. There was a mother and this lady that my cousin knew or knows. It's a grandmother. And her, this grandmother, her daughter, had a, a child. And the child was, was born with a mental handicap. I, I don't know that they diagnose this anymore. I know they have different term. I'm not trying to be offensive here, but it, it, down, it was diagnosed with Down syndrome. The grandmother of the child believes in Psalms 107, verse 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. He sent his word and healed them. So every day, this grandmother... Every day, she read to her baby, her grandbaby, from the Word of God. The mother would take her for her regular medical exams, and the doctor would say, "Why, your 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 daughter is improving." The documentation for this is from my cousin Nava, who is an RN, but Nava says that she saw the child. And she does not look at all like has any mental 
handicapped. In fact, Nava said she is in school in her regular grade. And Nava said to her friend, the grandmother, so what is this? I mean, this is a miracle. And the grandmother said, there is healing in the Word. What's the point? Speak the Word of God to your situation. Speak the Word of God to your situation. Overwhelmed because of the battle you're facing? I challenge you. Go to Second uh, Chronicles, the 20th chapter, and read out loud. Read out loud uh, how Jehoshaphat and the children of Ammon, uh, how Jehoshaphat and the children of Judah were surrounded by the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, uh, and they were surrounded. But the Lord said, "The battle's not yours, uh, but it's mine." I challenge you: uh, Is there trouble in your home? Read out loud Ephesians five uh, as you read the structure that God has uh, and the blessing He has for the family. Uh, indeed, of wisdom and understanding, uh, read out loud Proverbs. Uh, in fact, I'd read, uh, hey, "Amen." Uh, Proverbs. Proverbs, the second chapter, out loud. Uh, amen. And I'll tell you what, uh, there's something powerful about the Word of God. Your finances is a mess. Uh, read out loud Malachi 3, 10 to 11, and see if you'll pay your tithes and give your offering. God will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Uh, read out loud Philippians 4, 19, that my God shall supply all my needs uh, according to His riches and glory. Read out loud Psalms 37, 25. Uh, I was young, but now I'm old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging for bread. Are you in need of a healing? Read out loud the miracles of Jesus Christ. Read out loud about the woman with the issue of blood. Read out loud about blind Bartimaeus. Read out loud about the centurion servant. Do you feel alone? Amen. Read out loud Psalms 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies, my foes came upon me, eating my flesh, they all stumbled and fell. Oh, should encamp against me. My heart shall not fear. The war should rise up against me, and this will I be confident. He's my light. He's my salvation. He's the strength of my life. Oh, do you feel confused and hurting? Read out loud Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. God wants us. To go from where we are to a greater place than we've ever been before. God's on your side. Your pastor's on your side. Are we on our side? Well, I can tell, and you can tell, if I really want more of God by how I talk. And I can tell if you want more of God by how you talk. Let's stand together. Boy, the preacher preached long tonight. I love this verse of Scripture, Hosea 14.2. Take with you words. Turn to the Lord. Say unto Him, take away all iniquity and receive us graciously. So we render the calves of our lips. Take with you words. I know they can teach parrots to talk, but they just mimic what they hear. I got a, my daughter has a dog named Crosby. That Brother Parker's more concerned about Crosby than he is about me. 
That's not true. But I thought that was funny. It really wasn't, but anyway. Crosby, I, I love that crazy dog, but he can't talk. He's a Welsh Terrier. My daughter says, this is a really smart breed, Dad. And I believe he's a smart dog. He's a stubborn dog, but he's smart. But he can't talk. He can't talk. Arkin, cat's meow. God has given us an incredible gift. The ability to talk. You might not have any money. You might, your education may be limited. I'm not minimizing anything here. That's, but we all can talk. God gave words. Words are a gift. Words are so we can communicate with one another, but so we can communicate with Him. Words are so that we can access inaccessible places. Words. We can, as the psalmist, or as Hosea says, we can repent with words. Lord, I'm sorry. We can cast our cares upon Him with words. We can worship Him with words. We can pray to Him with words. We can knock down walls with words. There's not anybody here tonight that cannot come and take with you words onto the altar. I pray right now. I don't know why the Lord laid this on my heart. And I pray I didn't miss it. And, 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 and I thank you for listening. But God wants to take us to places we have never been before. May we believe that. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. I know it's Tuesday night, midweek. I don't know what your custom is. But would it be alright if we just gather around this altar just for a few moments? I wonder if we could come and pray. Amen. I, I, I want us to pray. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew within me a right spirit. Lord, create in me a clean heart. Renew with it, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Oh God, I, I pray. Lord, I pray. I've heard preaching preach like this. This isn't anything new, Lord. I've heard this before all my life, maybe. I pray. Help it to catch this time. Help it to catch this time. Help it to catch. Created me a clean heart, oh God. Renew within me a right spirit. I repent of wrong words. I repent, dear God, of things that I have held on to. I, I repent, dear God, of being critical. I repent, Lord Jesus, of talking how expensive everything is, how bad everything is, how how it's, it's Madison's fault, it's Washington's fault. I, I repent, Father, of, uh, of just always talking about how terrible society is. Amen. I, I, I repent, dear God, of not living in the triumph. Created me a clean heart. Created me a clean heart.
create in me a clean heart. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in my sight. Oh, Lord, my God, my Redeemer. Take with you words, church. Take with you words. God wants to take you. Yes, you, whoever you are. I, I, know, I know very few people here in this sanctuary, but the Lord knows you intimately. And He wants to take you from where you are and bring you to greater places. He has come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Come on. Ah, let walls be knocked down. Let walls be knocked down. Let hindrances. I'm speaking to this mountain. You're not going to hinder me from the promises of Almighty God. I believe, therefore have I spoken. God is on the throne. God is in control. God, I'm a child of the King. Oh, Jesus. Oh, you said bad words. You've said things you shouldn't say. You've had lack of faith. Hey, man, you have been negative and critical. All right. Hey, man, don't beat yourself up. Hey, man, God sent uh, oh, somebody here tonight to preach a word. Uh, today's a brand new day. Uh, hey, man, come on. Let's go forward. Uh, hey, man, let's advance. Praise the Lord. Uh, hey, man, come on. Uh, hey, man, we are victorious because of who Jesus Christ is. Uh, we are more than conquerors. Uh, he's going to work it out for good. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Oh, yes! I believe God! I believe God for revival! I believe God for deliverance! I believe God for the miraculous! I believe God for great harvest of souls! Oh, And this is if she's your pastor's wife. I wonder if you gather around. I know it's warm here, but I wonder if you gather around and pray for them. Would you pray for Pastor Sister Becker? Amen. Would you pray, Amen, that God would give them words to preach, Amen, to declare in these last of the last days? And would you pray, Amen, that you would receive it? Oh God, I pray, pray for your pastor, pray for your pastor's wife. Yalabaha, ta ya, 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 ta 
Sister Becker. Bless Pastor and Sister Becker. Bless Pastor and Sister Becker. Bless dear God, Calvary Apostolic Church. Bless Pastor and Sister Becker. Oh God, I praise you, Lord. Bless this congregation. Bless this congregation. Bless this church. We thank you for growth. We thank you, Lord, for growth. We thank you for growth. We thank you for growth. Let's clap our hands. Let's do what the psalmist said. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. receive this preaching tonight. And that with the help of the Lord, we're going to walk forward in these truths. Amen. Lord Jesus, I am so thankful for you. I am so thankful for sending your servant to us this evening to preach the word of God to us. I receive that preaching, Lord. In Jesus' name, I receive it. Bless his wife, bless his ministry, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray.